0: Welcome to the Revivify Church Podcast. Here at Revivify, we exist to bring people into a fully devoted relationship with Jesus. As you listen, we pray that you experience a life-changing love of Jesus and come to know Him in a deeper way. There's something, there, there is a common thread at the very onset of this story that is true in every one of our stories. You should think about that. There's a common thread in this story that I just read to you that is very true about our stories as it comes to an encounter with Jesus. All through Scripture, no one comes to know Jesus unless there's a problem. Do you ever notice that? Very few people won the lottery yesterday and then walked in and said, I just want to know Jesus. Have you ever known anybody do that? I just won $10 million and I want to know Jesus. Hasn't happened. Or I just got a brand new house and I I just want to know Jesus. My marriage is great and I just want to know Jesus. More often than not, people come to know Jesus or come to seek Jesus because there is a problem it's kind of a weird thought isn't it because you realize that's true most of the time I'm sure there's exceptions there's an exception to every rule but most of the time we don't come to the Lord unless there is a problem because it's our human nature that causes that everybody understand that and so every encounter with Jesus through the gospels is exactly for the same reason there was nowhere else to turn. There was no other place to go. There was some uh, mounting opposition. there was some disease, there was some kind of situation where people wanted to know Jesus because they felt He was their last resort. And the story is very or the same thing is true with this story, that 10 lepers, they raise their voice. they see Jesus, and they raise their voice to get His attention. And the Bible says that Jesus, this is kind of odd. I picked up on this this morning. I didn't when I was studying, prepping this thing. And then this morning I read it again. I was like, man, okay, there's something there. Uh, But I want to kind of put this seed in your mind for some thought here. It said that Jesus was between two different places. He was in between. He was kind of an out-of-the-way place. He was in a place that even many of the commentary writers debate and, and, and give question to of why he would have been at this place at this particular time because it just really doesn't make sense why Jesus was in between these two different cities, these two different villages, but he was. Can I submit to you that I believe Jesus has a knack for finding people who are in between two different places? Maybe a valley of indecision. Maybe not really sure which way to go, but he finds these 10 lepers as he's going in this in-between place. He finds these 10 lepers, or should I say they find him as he's getting ready to enter a village. And the thing that they cry out for, now notice, they didn't say, Jesus, would you heal us? No. They said, Jesus, have mercy on us. In this moment, the story is very clear. Jesus doesn't touch them. He doesn't go and baptize them like Ryan does. You know, where if we don't, you know, we're going to get you sick. It's going to scare the crap out of you. I mean, just messing with you, Ryan. It's violent. (laughs) He doesn't lay his hands on them and be healed. He doesn't even stand back because of the leprosy and go, y'all move over there, but y'all be healed. He didn't do any of that. He simply says, go and show yourselves to the priest. Not one word of, this is what scripture says about healing. This is the method. Here, let's get the oil and we're, we're going to give you a handkerchief. And we're going to slide it right there in your palm and you're going to be healed. None of that takes place. Their healing didn't come the moment that they asked for mercy. The healing of their situation, of their problem, this insurmountable thing that kept them ostracized from society, that actually kept them in between two different places. Great villages, I'm sure, but they weren't allowed to go in. They were ostracized. Their their issue kept them apart from family and loved ones and friends. And their healing didn't come the moment they asked for it. But notice this. If you read, it says that their healing happened as they made their way to the priest to show themselves. What I want want you to get out of this, and I'm tearing this this thing apart here for you to to kind of dissect this. I, I I want you to understand, the healing didn't come the moment they asked. The healing came after they obeyed. How many of us today, in this house right now, you're waiting on a situation to be rectified? Right now. Think about it. How many of us got a problem? How many of us got an illness? How many of us have a mental anguish? How many of us got family problems, job problems, financial problems, every kind of problem, and we've been begging God, have mercy, and nothing's happening? Could it be it's because you haven't obeyed yet? Could that be what's holding up your miracle? I, I, I'm just posing a question there, uh, posing a question there for you to, to, to grab a hold of. I, I can't say for sure in your situation, but I'm asking you this question that many of us are sitting around waiting on God, but perhaps God is waiting on us to be obedient. You see, most of us know more scripture than we have the ability to obey. So they, he, he tells them, he didn't even say, okay, I'll heal you. He doesn't give them any indication that he's going to solve the problem that they're asking help with. He just simply looks at him and says, go show yourself to the priest. And one by one, they make that first step. And then along the way, this one guy out of this whole group realizes that he's been healed. And the scripture tells us very clearly, it's, it's, it's all there that, you know what? I've been healed. And he turns around and he runs back to Jesus and he says, thank you so much. And then Jesus asked a series of very disappointing questions. He says, wait a minute. I thought there were nine. Where, I thought there were Ten. Where's the other nine? Where's the other ones that, that had the same kind of healing you had? Where are they? You see, all were cleansed, but only one was moved to gratitude. You would, might think that all of them would have come back when they noticed and said, Hey, we were on our way and we noticed I don't have leprosy anymore. Thank you, sir. High five. Now we'll go to the priest and get, get the bill of cleansing. We'll get, our, we'll get our, our, our passes to get back into our villages, to our families, to our loved ones. But apparently the nine were so absorbed in their new happiness that they could not spare a thought for its source. How many of us have done the very same thing even here? We beg God, we plead God, we ask God, heal us. God, have mercy on our nation. God, have mercy on our country. Have mercy on our state, our city, our problems, our situation. And that mercy comes. And we get so overjoyed with the blessing and the miracle that takes place. We forget the source of that miracle and that blessing. Jesus says there was only one that came back. He was a foreigner. A man that didn't even belong to the chosen people. His behavior shows up. Those of the Jews, the nine. May we never get so caught up in this church thing that we forget about the God of the church thing. You see, gratitude gave way to wholeness, not just healing. Do you understand you can be healed and not whole? Anybody ever thought of that? You can get your healing of whatever ailment is in your life and still not be whole. Let me show you this. I'm going to assume that his faith, the Samaritan, was no greater than the other nine. I don't believe it was because they all got healed, it says. Every one of them were healed. Why? Because of obedience. Had they not taken that first step to go show themselves to the priest at the command of Jesus, nothing would have happened for them. But they all stepped out and went that direction and every last one of them was healed. But then the Samaritan turns around with gratitude and says, Jesus, thank you so much. Thank you. And he worships him. He says he gets, on his, gets down on the ground before his feet and he worships him. And then Jesus says this, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. In our reading, it's well. But in the King James versions, your faith has made you whole. This is what I know. The man was already healed, but he wasn't whole. His recognition of who Jesus was In that moment, not only did he get a healing, but gratitude welled up in him to the point that he went back and actually got on his face at the feet of Jesus and worshiped him. And that gratitude said, you know what? That's faith. And he says, get up. Your faith has made you whole. This is what this, you gotta dig into this. This is what it means. Not just a healing, but he was now whole in body, soul, soul and spirit. How many of us come to church just because we know that God's the one that can heal, God's the one that can help, God's the one that can do, but we often don't return with gratitude and so we have a healing, but we do not have wholeness in our life. Because we're not recognizing that Jesus is more than just a healer of my physical ailments, my financial ailments, my problems, my family issues. He is also a healer of my soul. And when I recognize him as exactly that, I will return each and every time with gratitude. Every time. Here's another thought. I can't prove this scripturally, but I like to imagine. Would you imagine with me? Do you understand that leprosy is a devastating disease of unparalleled competition, if you will, when it comes to diseases? This thing will eat you from the inside out and what happens, you'll lose a limb. One day you'll wake up and you'll hit your hand and your finger falls off. You stump your toe. Anybody ever stumped your toe in the middle of the night? Here's how you know if you're really saved or not. Stump your toe in the middle of the night and see what comes out of the mouth. I just scream Jesus because I know what's coming next. Jesus! Right? Anybody ever done that? If you did that with leprosy, your toe would be across the room. That's a weird thought, isn't it? Ew, like a cockroach. Ew. Think about it. That's exactly what happened. If you happen to stumble and you you just happen to hit something really hard on your arm, that it would cause a bruise and the the leprosy would attack that bruise instantly. And next thing you know, within days, it's possible that your arm would fall off. Basically, you just die a very, very horrible death. Not a, a whole lot of pain because it actually kills the nerves as it eats away at you. But think about this. When Jesus looked to him, when he, when, he, when he went and he made himself way, his way to the priest and then realized he's been, he's been healed, he turns around runs back. He gets to Jesus, thank you, Lord. And he worships and he's got this gratitude because he actually sees Jesus for who he really is when his own people could not even recognize him. A foreigner recognized him. I believe that when he got up, when Jesus said, get up, your faith has made you whole, not only was he whole spiritually now because he understood who the Messiah was, I believe, can't prove it, that he looked down and the finger that he'd been missing is now there. That toe that he kicked off in the middle of the night, it came back, it's whole. I believe he was made whole completely. Church has got to be more, has to be more than just coming and getting our fix. Church has got the relationship, the things that we read, the devotions that we read, the scripture that we, it's got to be more than just keeping your ticker on the Bible app going and seeing how many days you can go without missing. Anybody ever struggle with that stupid little thing? Really ticks me off because some days I won't get in the Bible app and I'll just get into the paper edition and it doesn't recognize the paper edition. Then I go and I realize, oh God, I messed a perfect (laughs) record up. Right? And I get mad and I call Life Church and I complain and they don't do anything about it. The fact is, church has got to be more than just coming and getting my healing, coming and getting God to fix my job, coming and getting God to fix my marriage, to fix my relationship problems, to fix whatever is ailing me. It has to be more than that. It has to be become about Jesus and who he really is in our life. That's what it's gotta be about. We cannot, we cannot continue to do church just to come and check check mark the box got my fix I got my I got my prayer in I gave my one dollar it has to be more than that he was made well in 2nd Timothy chapter 3 there's this very interesting verse of scripture because I, I want you to understand the Jews could not recognize and if you've been in Kairos at all any of them. You, you've probably got this already hammered out. The Jews could not figure out who Jesus was. He was right in the middle of them and he, they could not figure him out. They, 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 they could not recognize him for who he was, the Messiah that he was. They could not get past their thinking, their traditions and all the things that they did. They could not get past that. But then there's this interesting verse of scripture, uh, four, five verses in scripture in 2 Timothy 3 Verse 1 says, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty for people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unpeaceable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pre- pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people. You see, I can get on board with the entire first part of that list. That part I see all the time. We all do. But the one that gets me, the one that stops me in my tracks is this one. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. That's the one that stops me, checks me up. Because the way I see it, the world who doesn't know Jesus cannot have an appearance of godliness. You can't have an appearance of godliness and have never met him. He is godliness. He is holiness. And the only way for one to become that is you have to have an encounter and a relationship with Jesus. So in that case, what he's talking about in that list of all of that junk, he's actually saying, this is what's happening in the church in the last days. Having an appearance of godliness but denying it's power. That one's hard for me to swallow. That one's hard for me to get my brain wrapped around. But what, what is he saying? It's talking about a bunch of people who come to church because they don't want to go to hell. Anybody want to go to hell? No. It's hot down there. <laughs> we were really close to it this year. Really close. <laughs> the gates came real close. But the fact is, none of us want to go to hell. But if you're coming to church, you're coming to just say, I love you, Lord, because I'm afraid to go to hell. You've missed the entire message of the gospel. You're not living a whole life. You're living a healed life, but you're not living a whole life. That makes sense? All right, good. Did my job. Let's close. as I close today, there's one more story that continues on from here and it's very telling this is exactly what I'm talking about and that is Luke 17 chapter, or verse 20 it says, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed nor will it say, look, here it is, or there, for behold the kingdom of God, watch this for the kingdom of God Is in the midst of you. You can be in the church and never see or never know the Jesus of the church. Just because you put on an officer's uniform doesn't make you a police officer. You can get those at Party City. They're popular right now. Just because you talk the talk and walk, you know, and act act like you can walk the walk doesn't mean that you really know the walk. The fact is, when church becomes what church was meant to be, it will become all about him and less about me. And when when it becomes all about him and less of me, I don't seek a church to what program it has, so I can make sure my kiddos get off my nerves for thirty minutes, or you know whatever your particular candy stick is. Got to have groups. Got to have small groups. Got to have this group. Got to have youth. Got to have this. Got to have missions. Got to have. Got to have downtown homeless services. We got to have this. We got to have. It. No. We got to have Jesus. That's it. And here's what I know in a relationship with him will result in all of those other things being added to help facilitate more relationships with him right so don't leave here saying all oh, he's threw off on all those ministries no I want them all I want every one of them but not if I don't have Jesus because it's of no value Mere observing of religious rites never gets it done. Never gets it done. Meaning, going through spiritual ritual will not make a relationship happen with Jesus. It just won't. But having a relationship with Jesus allows me to go through all of the things that I need to go through see that relationship flourish Jesus was right there in the middle of all of them and he says guys the kingdom of God that you're looking for isn't going to come because you're observing some ritual, isn't going to come because you're paying attention to some rule isn't going to come because you wear the right clothes isn't going to come because you got skinny jeans on Sorry. Probably should get rid of these. Missing a lot of material. <laughs> it says the kingdom of God is within you or is with you. He wasn't suggesting to them that they had the actual kingdom of God in their hearts because the Pharisees <laughs> they didn't have anything in their heart but corruption. Corruption had the letter of the law, but that was it. They could recite it from memory, but it had no effect on their daily activity. Jesus was right there with them. And he says, you will not see it by observation. You will not see it by observing the rules, the rituals. You'll not see it by just watching. I am right here. The kingdom of God, I'm right here. The kingdom of God is already with you. Can I tell you, in this house, every time we walk in here as a corporate body, Scripture says where two or three are gathered in his name, there he would be in the midst. What he's telling us is the kingdom of God is right here, right now. And all you've got to do is tap into Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Revivify Church Podcast. We hope this leaves you encouraged and inspired to love Jesus more than anything. To connect with us or access other resources, please visit www.revivify.church.